Hello! You're listening to Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. Narf. How's that? But I mean, I used to listen to your podcast. I've even talked about it on the, my own podcast, Foster oh. the Podcast. Yeah, I miss it. Is it still out there or is it just a head No, scan? we haven't done it in a, in a few years. It's still yeah, out there. Yeah, but that doesn't it's mean that it's... floating around. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean that people can't still download it. Well, you know, it's funny. is like all the all the episodes are now out of order because I've had a couple of people message me now in the, in the new times going, hey, man, can you pull my... Can you pull episode 32? Can you pull episode 21? Really? For what? Did anyone have any legal trouble with any of it? One of them could have been. <laughs> I think it's now like the climate's different. So people don't want to get canceled retroactively. Yeah, exactly. They're like, that was really fun at the time, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People have admitted to some stuff that they don't think they want floating around anymore after, after, you know, canceled. Yeah. People get canceled now for less than what people have admitted on my show. That makes sense. Was it Spanky? Oh my God. So Spanky is so, oh, that's really funny. So Spanky's, interview was an hour and 15 minutes and and the one i aired is about 16 minutes oh and god that sounds painful that's about as much as i could uh uh that's about as much as i could get out of him that was like usable like the trans stuff was really great uh and because you know he was a he was a he was a gay porn director yeah and, of uh, course i do he wouldn't okay. stop talking about it. okay so he has a he had a really crazy he had a like a some he had some stuff about um, they specialized in, in trans porn and he was talking about their, which I didn't even realize this. He was saying he, the number one buyer of that was straight men, mm-hmm. especially after 9-11 when it was like everyone was like patriotic and, and, and they would buy it. And he said back then it was on VHS or DVD or whatever and they would buy it and then they would destroy it, you know, because, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, and then like three or four days later. They go back and re- buy it again. <laughs> yeah, they heard me yeah. buy it again. So he was like making millions of, of probably like eight dudes buying the same. <laughs> <laughs> just on, just those couple guys with a lot of shame. Yeah, yeah. So that was really interesting. But then he went into like because he was a cop, and then he went into like some cop stories and like some like really gruesome stuff. And I was like, yeah, I can, I'm not using any of it. I'm like, I don't want to bum everyone out. So yeah, it was about, I think his episode ended up being like 12 minutes or something. Yeah. Well, whenever I talked to him, I'm like, I don't know where the bullshit begins or ends. Yeah. There's that too. There's that too. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Although like when you're doing a podcast and you're like, this guy's just full of shit. Isn't that like, this is a good episode though. So who cares? Yeah. Cause most people think it's real. So there's been a few times where people have told the story and I'm like, yeah, I know that probably didn't happen, but it's funny. So we'll just like, let, you know, like there's like, yeah, totally. there's no way that many crazy things happen. But, <laughs> and uh, then I started killing all of the police officers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. All right. But uh, Obama came and kissed me on the lips and it was <laughs> kissed me on the mouth. Third best day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you always talking about the other days? I'm sorry. Yeah. You, so you missed doing podcasts. Yeah, just that. It was fun, man. We had a really good time. We did it. I mean, like we did it consecutively every single week without missing a beat for like four and a half years. And I think that's damn near impossible <laughs> to to organize a sound guy, a host, a co-host and a guest in Los Angeles. Like I should have gotten like a Pulitzer Prize or something. I mean, you got a following. You had we stuff. Had there was things yeah. that happened. I mean, yeah, like but- there was a prize to be won. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, there was one time where I was doing the road for like a month. So we did like five episodes, five or six episodes in like a day. 
I couldn't imagine. I ta- I cap out at two. I'm like, I yeah. can't. I can't stay focused for three episodes worth of podcast. Yeah, it was wild. And then something happened. Oh, oh, uh, uh, my fire alarm, like the, the battery was low. And we mm-hmm. did the thing where you like unplug it, but it still still kept beeping. So we had to do the interview around the beeping of the fire. So we were like, we were like, all right, stop, stop. And so editing that was a nightmare. And Oh, my God. Although yeah. your sound editing on it, I was still impressed with. When I found out that you were the one doing all the editing, I was like, Jesus, yeah. so was, much work. Yeah, I was. I mean, it's probably, I mean, I don't even want to guess. Like, if you if you add up the hours of editing and produce, oh, like, I don't know, man, probably three weeks out of my life just sent chopping and and consecutive. I mean, I would spend like eight hours, nine hours. Yeah, it was like it was crazy. Yeah. So on planes, awesome. trying to get it out by midnight on Sunday. You know. <laughs> yeah. A, a bus station one time. <laughs> yeah, it becomes. It doesn't feel like a hobby anymore for me. Yeah. Um. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And like, there's like, there is that where you're just like, oh God, I'm not ready for 48 hours from now where I have to drop this. And all of a sudden it becomes a huge focus. Right. Although yeah. right now I'm bankrolling a bunch of them right now because of uh, the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I could have eight in the can and then I can just slowly do that, I'll be done on the other side of my birthday. And then yeah. I can re-worry about it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Was I was supposed to do yours like in October, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. We've rescheduled this one a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Most okay. of the well, time. First time I had COVID, that wasn't my fault. Was it? Well, I could have come. I should have come over and done it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. I have the vaccine, so what's the point? Like, if it doesn't protect me, then I go. I go. I, I have COVID. Then after seven minutes, you just stop hitting record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah, why don't you call me up and talk to me about that COVID? Um, I mean, getting COVID is the most Texan thing you can do. And so I appreciate that, that it was on you know brand. What's crazy is that I got it in California and everyone I know in California has it. And like, I know like two people in Texas who have had it, which is so fucking crazy. You know why? Because the two people in Texas are the only ones out of your friends that you ever got sick. They got tested. Yeah. Like my sister refuses to get tested when she gets sick to figure out if she has COVID or not because yeah. she doesn't, she believes it's then the money goes to them, whoever them is. Well, my and girlfriend like, made me get tested. I knew I had it day one. I was like, yeah. I don't need, a t-. and I got tested. It came back negative. And I was like, I no. So then four days later, I got tested again. And of course, it was positive. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, exactly. So, so now what? But yeah, now you stay. I, mean, I knew immediately. It was Did so funny the during call? the pandemic. During the pandemic, I'd be like, "Oh, my nose is running. Maybe this is it. Like, I, uh, uh, I have a little. Maybe I have a little. Maybe this is COVID. I would get tested mm-hmm. and tested. And then the minute I actually had it, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I don't need to go get tested. I know what this is." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, me too. I was like, I don't know if it's the chicken wings are extra spicy or not spicy enough, but I think I got COVID. <laughs> then <laughs> it was like with the window open and be like, "Oh man, I'm." My nose is a little stuffed up. Is that you think it's COVID? Oh, you know, I woke up all just like was just like sore all over my body, like not sores, but you know, just like every yeah. achy joint. And so I was like, I better go get Thai food. And I was like, Well, I can taste it, so I don't have COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I went straight from the Thai food place to get tested, and then they're like, You have COVID, go home. <laughs> and then you're like, Should I go back to the Thai food place and tell them like what? Probably, <laughs> what's the code yeah. on that? Yeah, I didn't. Right. It's been it's been months now. I so. That's the crime that I'm going to get canceled for on this podcast is yeah. 
I had Thai food before I got tested for COVID. I'm sorry. I'll call you in two years and ask you to pull the episode. Yeah, exactly. Because of what I said. Yeah, I just don't want to be yeah. associated. I get canceled so bad that you do that. You're like, hey, um, I don't want any association that I've ever known you ever. <laughs> Disassociate. And I'm like, I get it. That's fair. Have you had any friends get canceled? You know, it's funny. Um, I was going to ask you the same thing. And, and if you do, do you still stay friends with them or you distance yourself? I have not. No, I haven't had anybody close to me that's been. Um, I have one. Yeah. And I didn't acknowledge it for about a year. Okay. Neither, neither of us talked to each other for like a year. And then a year later, he like called me mm. and he was like, Hey, no pressure on whatever the answer is. I'm willing to accept whatever. Are we cool? Mm. And we had like this long talk of like, uh, I think we're cool. I mean, what you did wasn't cool, but I also wanted to talk to you about it, but we couldn't. And so we had like a long talk. And so we are still friendly. That's cool. They moved, they moved away from LA. So I don't run into them. I don't see them. Yeah, and his name was Cosby, so. Yeah, and he actually was like, are we cool? (laughs) (laughs) We're cool in the pop. Uh, Yeah, no. Yeah, if I was friends with Bill Cosby before all that happened, you would have known about it because I wouldn't have shut up about it. That's true, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if either I I, I hang out with like really cool, good people or I just don't have enough famous friends, but uh, I haven't. (laughs) I mean, isn't the thing that we're all going to know both? Hopefully. Eventually. There's going to be somebody that we all know who gets me too. Not that I have any insight on any of that. Don't send me any messages, anyone listening. <laughs> but three or four down the line, eventually it's going to be somebody close to us, right? And we're all just going to be like shocked. Yeah, it's like six degrees or what is it? The Kevin Bacon game that people play? Yeah, six degrees of me too. Six, yeah, yeah, six degrees of canceled. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, I mean, if that was the way it goes, if Kevin Bacon ever got me too, then we'd all know somebody. Oh, that's right. By default, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Kevin Bacon got COVID, we all have to go back into the lock-in. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way the game goes. Hey, that's the way it works. That's how they should set up the system. That's how the CDC should set it up. Absolutely. Yeah. We should have a whole thing. In fact, we should have a, our own social media and you're not allowed on it until you get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> We'll call it a not covered Facebook or whatever. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah, there you go. I was trying to think of a pun, but I couldn't do it. There you go. Oh, I was spinning too. I was like, Bang. come on, come on. Yeah. I was like, uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, I got <laughs> so out of all of your, because you're like a super music nerdy guy in my mind, right? Yeah. You love music. Mm-hmm. You dig it. You've been in bands. Yeah. What's the least right cool thing that you like are all about musically? What's the least cool thing? Yeah, like I love video game music and I will sit here with my headsets on and listen to like 8-bit soundtracks, like a dork. Oh, oh, I, you know, it's funny is my brother likes that stuff too. Um, well, for me, the I mean, the least cool thing is actually cool to a lot of people, but what makes it, you know, like I'm really into like uh, like 2000s, 2005, like emo pop punk bands, which is people go that's not uncool but i'm also almost 42 so 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 that's Dude, i think about that no because i was you know that i was into the same scene right yeah. and so you're just like yeah i'm never gonna listen to dashboard confessionals again but right. i can't say that i didn't own those albums you know right. definitely saw them in concert like that all definitely happened you see the Although, problem is i still do yeah well some of it aged really really well yeah i wasn't that into my chemical romance at the time 
they're so good. Like, like three years ago, I was like, I'm going to give that a listen. I was like, this is better now than it was then. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I dropped right before pandemic, I dropped $1,200 on uh, my Chemical Romance tickets at the forum. <laughs> yeah, I already knew where you were going with that because they just announced those things. I remember that was a thought I had when things were going in lockdown. I was like, this isn't going to ruin the My Chemical Romance tour, yeah. is it? I had and two of course, four tickets, two floor tickets, six hundred dollars each, just sitting in a queue somewhere, waiting for October of twenty twenty three. Oh God! <laughs> By that time, six hundred dollars isn't even going to be worth that much. Yeah, it's like a I Bitcoin know. in the opposite direction. I know, I know. Yeah, so I would say that I'm really into like stuff like that. Taking Back Sunday, Fallout Boy, Jimmy World, um, My Chemical Romance for sure. Um, which yeah, it's, it's which is not uncool, but when you're 41 driving around in your Honda Civic listening to <laughs> Paramore, people Dude, will I get to it. You. Well, because I think about it, because you're just like, wait, that music's like 18, 20 years old, some of it. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, this movie is twice as old as the kids were when they made it. Yeah. Well, I was even a, over, I was even out of that age when it came out. Like I was, you know, like I wasn't in high school when that came out. I was already out, I was already in like way oh, i know <laughs> oh dude no but i i was at shows where i was the 23 year old old man yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. although now yeah. it's like i'm the 42 year old old man and you're like okay i don't know but then yeah. you, have you been to those concerts it's people our age though yeah oh, for sure but they're with their kids <laughs> yeah exactly it's pretty much like old found glory at this point you know like it's <laughs> yeah 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 although you heard about they lost a songwriter the newfound glory guys Oh, no, I did not hear. He got me too right out of it. Oh, wow. It I was the worst me too I've ever heard. Which one? Brand new. Oh, brand new as well? Yep. Get yeah. out of here. If yeah, you have one, new in it, if you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. When your band is being titled about how young you are, yeah, there's an good. issue. You got to look deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, like that guy was still chasing teenagers. That's wild. Well, yeah, I was and then that- you think back and you're like, I'm surprised I don't hear about more of this from that era of bands. No, I don't forget that, dude. I was talking to Kelsey about this. Like, go back even further. Like, how come, like, Jimmy, like, people gloss over the fact that Jimmy Page, like, moved to a, a, a country where the legal age limit was, like, 14. So he could, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how yeah. have the Rolling Stones never been canceled? Motley Crue. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's beyond me. I don't know how they got the pass. Like, it's wild. No one's canceled Led Zeppelin ever. If you have a best of album, you should be canceled for sure. Yeah. Like everybody, like it's almost like David Bowie died right on time. Yeah. But they would write the, songs about it. It was like in the, they were talking about like how young they liked their, like, it was just like, they wouldn't, they weren't even hiding it. I know. I know. She was just 17. If you know what Once I mean. Once bitten, twice shot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, bro. exactly. You're just, Whoa. <laughs> I mean, like they should just play AJ, nothing but a number in court. And that's it. And like, <laughs> And I rest my case. It's so I mean, I know weird. he got in trouble. So at least that came back around. Yeah. It's just weird that like brand new gets uh, me too, but Def Leppard somehow is still out there. <laughs> Kiss, yeah, exactly. Simmons, no, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no, he was totally clean about all of it. Yeah, that's what they said. They said that he used to, uh, he would like, he would have like one night stands and he would like take a Polaroid of them and a paperclip and put it on an index card with their name and what they were into. So if he ever ran into him again, he could like pull out his, his Rolodex. His pervert like, Rolodex? Let's see. Amy, Vancouver, into butt stuff. All right. But also, 
names are so common. How do you even sort that out? All you right. have to go to Vancouver first. You can't yeah. make all the Amy's together. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, you'd have to do it by location. Yeah, exactly. Like Jessica's here. Ask Jessica where she's from. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'll be right back. Yeah, I got to go to the van and check every... <laughs> It's like he, a has a bit of, he has, a, he has a bit like a wall air conditioning unit, like Dexter's blood slides. Yeah, no, exactly. Dude, like computers were so big back then. Like there's no way that he had like some small storage facility. <laughs> there's like a public storage somewhere with all of his files. Yeah. And they're like, cause you know, people see you in different random cities. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, it's Denver and it's Julie. She's go- she might go to San Diego. Right. Then you're in trouble. Yeah, that's how you get yourself in trouble. No way. That's why bands were so unaccessible back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like now people do meet and greets and like shit. Like bands just like do the show and they leave. It's so funny as like comedians, like even the biggest comedian, like a lot of times will be out front shaking hands with people. It's like that's the craziest part. They'll sell out an arena and then stand in front of the arena and take pictures <laughs> for forever. Thank you for that's how pathetic we are. Yeah, exactly. But bands are like, you almost feel like the last song is an acoustic so the drummer can order to be on his way right yeah exactly metallica ain't standing in front of a step and repeat in the lobby <laughs> you know how great that'd be if, if they did i'd be like yeah i just want a picture with lars hey you're a piece of shit thanks all right you later suck. guys <laughs> have you seen the lars videos of all the time that just him messing up a lot there's like compilations of him just screwing up songs live is it on Pornhub? That sounds amazing. It's so bad. <laughs> it's weird to think about like all those bands that like where they keep those those people for some reason. Like Bon Jovi, the rich had a kid, bass player. He was the rich. Yeah, kid. but now they're all rich. If you're Lars Ulrich <laughs> and you screw <laughs> up three times, of- Metallica, you should just get a new drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's I agree. openly hated. There's no yeah. reason to keep him. Yeah, and I heard too that all of his most of his his drum takes are like tape on the floor. They, he, they just they would have to cut and piece. They, he could never do any of the songs in one take. They would cut, chop it and, and tape it together for it to get a full song. That sounds like it just a waste of, oh, he's yeah. bad at his job and he's super rich at it. Yeah, he's the rich kid. He's paying for the studio time. All right. Yeah, at that time, yeah. I get it at that time. If it was all now, the way up, I get it. Yeah. But you got to imagine 15, 20 million albums in. You go, hey, um. You know, yeah, like sales, at least you go, should we get a better drummer or should we just agree that the recipe is not good, but everyone loves it like McDonald's? Right. Yeah. Yep. So that's what Metallica should have uh, in front of their concerts is like millions and millions served. <laughs> it's just some number where some roadie comes up and changes it every now and then. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Although for some reason, as much as I do love Metallica, as somebody who grew up playing guitar, it's like. Before Guitar Hero, we just had Metallica albums and we would just learn the riffs and sit there and play them forever. Yeah. But also every worst person I've ever met loves Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. Every shitty person has their sleeveless Metallica shirt somewhere. Yeah. So you're like, I don't want to go to a Metallica concert. It sounds like the, the gathering of the worst people of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the front row is just all stepdads. It's, okay. it's all step not a real dad in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I never got into them. I always thought they were cheesy. I, I always thought they were super corny. I, I never got into them. 
I think as a drummer, you're saved in that. As a guitar player, it's the really fun to play their riffs. Oh, yeah, as a guitar player. And even his tone, the way he would use, well, he would use a Fender and a Marshall, right? He would use distorted and clean and run it to get, yeah. Like his yeah. tone. And is, the guitar pedal he used was just like a $90 Metal Zone pedal. So we yeah. all just bought the Metal Zone pedal and then went home right. and played Metallica for three years yeah 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 it's like it's like blink when they when the like the teal guitar came out every, every kid went got it yeah exactly that and yeah. also like when you're like playing guitar you don't have the distortion pedal yet so you're all clean you're playing blink 182 songs because that's what they're playing through anyways yeah so you're like look yeah. it sounds perfect it's just like them yeah yeah guitar wise yeah there's yeah of course i just meant like as a whole like lyrics and like vocals it's just like it was always kind of corny to me but yeah, I mean his yeah, it's his candy. guitar was yeah, but no one's listening to Metallica. I always thought substance. Pantera was better. Yeah, but Pantera's harder to play. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you're like. Yes, they are a better band. Yes, correct. But you can't emulate that easily. <laughs> right, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, even when you're like you're listening to like people air guitar Pantera, there you can see what they're messing up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you right. can air guitar no, Metallica it's, perfectly. It's, Right. Yeah. That's why Nirvana and Green Day was so perfect because they was like, they were so like unique and great, but also like kids could play it like learning, you know, I could credit Kurt Cobain for teaching me how to play guitar directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, my like, brother too. Yeah. Which exactly never met the man once in my whole life, but no, he taught me from knowing nothing to how to play guitar for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Cause I still listen to Nirvana and stuff and you're you just did. like, you, yeah. yeah. And you're like, Every song's a, just a hit. Oh, yeah. Well, he would play, he would write so he could play rhythm and lead and sing, which is, like, really hard. So the stuff he would write is, like, simple but complex and, like, really great. Yeah, and just tasty. So mm -hmm. fun. All of it. What's great. your favorite Nirvana album? Um, You know, it was in utero for a long time, but I've been, like, listening to Nevermind a lot right now. Yeah. And so you're like, no, it's front to back perfect. And, like, this is what I'm going to say, the, the not popular opinion on Nirvana, which I know a lot of opinions of them are popular, is I think their ratio of good songs to bad songs is better than the Beatles. Oh, yeah, of course. Beatles had like 90 songs, but like 70 of them were like suspect. Like, eh, okay. I would go the opposite. I think the Beatles have 90 songs, 60 of them are classics. And then there's like 30 like Revolution 9s and stuff, you know, piggies and buff bungalow bill and you're just yeah. like oh yeah 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 they did have a couple stinkers on every album yeah there's but a Nirvana... lot of gardens <laughs> yeah exactly that octopus <laughs> just kept making more gardens and they kept yeah. following them yeah the yellow submarines of the world all of that stuff is like yeah that's kind of a nice song yeah but nirvana almost every song's incredible all the way through yeah i agree yeah i think that i don't know if they just cut a lot of stuff or didn't release a lot of stuff. i think the beatles just released everything they wrote which is why you're going to have that like quantity of her quality sometimes i think nirvana was just yeah. like three albums you know four if you count and set aside but uh and then and then you know they're all every out every song needs to be there and then we'll mm -hmm. cut whatever you know so well that's true because incesticides where all the sneakers are half of incesticide is good half of it's bad right well, those are the yeah those exactly. Are the, exactly that was cut they asked paul mccartney in an interview if there was Beatles songs that they had recorded that never released and he was like, yeah. And he's like, will you release all of them? And he was like, no, they're awful. We didn't release them on purpose. <laughs> he's like, right now, our legacy is so incredible. Why would you mess with it by showing everybody how flawed we were? 
that right. we have that we would record 40 songs and release 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like we could flood the market with worse and worse songs, but it only affects our legacy. Right. Yeah. You get like you could put out like a box set, like when you die or something, and here you go. But yeah, like what Prince's family did. Yeah. Has that even come out yet? Supposedly there's a vault of like yeah. eight albums worth of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And half of that's out now. Okay. Yeah. What's interesting, what they did release is they released a bunch of the songs he sold to other people. And yeah. so you now have his versions of those. Oh, that's cool. People yes. do it. I hope people do that with my jokes when I die. Yeah, we're gonna steal all of them. We've already staked claim on. They just release my dick jokes that I don't say on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be so awful, but also kind of fun. If all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we," you know, how everyone heard about Richard Pryor bombing. Yeah, the night before, oh, yeah. like a special, and yeah. then he comes back the next day and invites the audience to do. It. Yeah, release the bomb. Release the first the bomb. Yeah. Yes. Release the, release the prior cut. Yeah, exactly. That's what they would call it. The prior cut. Release but I the do. bombed. At this point, it's like his legacy is fine. I yep. want to see him bomb. Yep. I want to see him apologize and invite everybody back. And let me be able to study the two back to back. I know. I agree. I Because you know it's there. They filmed it. It's there. It's out there. Yeah, it's, it's there. on film. It's as clear yep. as the last dance, Michael, Jack, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Just do it. Like, did you see Get Back? The Beatles oh, documentary? Yeah. Did you watch yeah. it? Yeah. All the way through? It. Yeah. I watched it twice. I can't believe I watched them argue twice. I know. It's and it's crazy. Yeah, because I was like watching it and then like you realize you're like, they broke up two weeks later. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, going into it, you go, oh, this they're done. They're all done. This is like, this is it. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you're someone a- filmed, my parents get divorced and I go, right. this was great. Can I watch it again? This gave yeah. me understanding of breakups more. Yeah. And, and how calm they were, where they were just like, well, not, you know, you can't, you can't be, this can't last forever. Like we had a good yeah. run, we had a good run. This is, this is it. And kind of, you know, it was, it was wild how the, like, just how they handled it. Yeah. Cause at the end of it, I really thought I was going to watch them just like, Yoko, you idiot. Like I was waiting for stuff to happen, you know, like, yeah. and it was crazy to watch. And as an adult, be like, no, I agree with all four and how all four went through it. And nobody's yeah. really throwing things against the wall. But they are done. They are yeah. spent. Yeah. They are going down their separate roads. Yeah. And it's I mean, crazy how important a manager is. Like, yeah. When he died and they were just self-managing, it was just absolute chaos. It yeah, absolutely. Well, that was chaos. it. They, they didn't have a boss and then decided, I guess we're all the boss. And then it's Paul chaos. McCartney was like, no, no, I'm the boss. And like, I'm the like, boss, the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one voted you that. And he's like, oh, I think we can all agree I was always the boss. And you're like, no, yeah. no, no, no. I can oh. totally see how this is going to implode on itself. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you like people bitch, like, oh, my manager's making me put on a suit. My manager's telling me to release this song. They're telling me to go here and go there. Mm-hmm. And then when that manager's gone, and it's like, well, let's just be the free artist we've always wanted to be. And like an album later, it's like, all right, let's quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wait we talked to kelsey a lot about relationship dynamics and uh-huh. therapy uh-huh and we talked i mean like off camera like after the episode we talked directly about your guys' relationship dynamics and i love them oh cool yeah like you thank her for every time like she sets a boundary yeah oh yeah That's i like the, that i need to be told who taught you that uh my mom i guess I don't know. I need a, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
But that's what it is. You do need to be told and people need to be able to not be afraid to tell. Listen, man, I can't be a beetle. I need, I need a manager to tell me <laughs> where to go, how to show up. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just yeah. John Lennon out here. You're totally right. Showing up three hours after everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, take care to leave it. What are you going to do? Fire me? I'm John Lennon and this is the Beatles. Yeah, you're going to do shit. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's important, you know, there's always like that cliche thing where people say the most important thing in a relationship is communication, but like, it really is. Like, I feel like even talking through arguments or talking through uncomfortable stuff and you realize not yelling, but like just talking. Well, yeah, because yelling closes down communication. I know it's louder communication, but it's not open. But even like uncomfortable situations or uncomfortable conversations is better than no, like avoiding it. You know what I mean? Or like trying to hide it or bury it or whatever. So as you got better in that in relationships, did you also get better with that exact same process outside of relationships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like give an example of something like where you're like, this has worked out better for me as I figured out this. Well, yeah, just like what I learned like pretty recently is be is like um is being able to say, hey, that hurt my feelings whether it be in a relationship oh. or like mm-hmm. a club who's supposed to give you money and then they dicked you over or a guy who bumps you like whatever, like, yeah. Hey man, what you did like really hurt my feelings and it gives them a chance to respond. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that gives a wide range of what could be the responses. Yeah. And most of the time it's like, Oh shit. Like I didn't mean, like I, you know, usually it, it's never hardly ever done in malice, but then when you call it, it's a lot easier for people to be like, Oh, well, here's why I did that. Or, or, mm-hmm. hey, I don't give a fuck, too bad, or, oh, my bad, whatever the reaction is, but at least you give them a chance, because I'm really good at, like, being angry and just burying it, and then every time I see that person, like, oh, it's there, it's, like, around here somewhere, you know, and then when yeah, you just no, talk about it, get it years. out, yeah, it's done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I noticed that with myself. I carry it around for years, and then at the end, like, of, like, four years, you're, like, I was really mad at that guy just because he aggressively handed me papers. That, that That's not a four-year thing i need to worry about right exactly exactly yeah i'm, I'm just like you know, i'm impressed with you with that like i feel like i'm always like in all of life like one step behind you it's like as i'm hearing about something someone's like you know justin foster just discovered that band or justin foster just learned about his feelings and i'm like oh lord have mercy <laughs> i should be watching what he's doing what are you wearing a dude's hat? I gotta, I'm gonna buy one of those next year. You'll in, in a year you'll be middling in St. Louis. So uh, oh hell yeah, dude, that sounds great. Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm currently headlining open mic. Justin Foster. I want to thank Justin Foster right now that I've been trying to get him on the show for, I want to say like two or three months. And it took a lot of juggling to get the schedules right of no one's fault. We both were trying. That's what like what made it kind of fun. I know it sounds weird to say it like that is that we were both really trying to schedule it up, but you know, he's also out there on the road a bunch. So it's like, well, I'll be home for these three days and then I'm gone for two weeks and home for these three days. And then we like, all right, let's go with those three days. And he's like, Oh, got COVID can't do it. You know, like, and then I was like, well, after that, I'm going home seeing my family. So it's just all these things, but it finally worked its way down to this. And I'm happy that we had this conversation. Uh, I did reference his girlfriend, Kelsey Lane, who was on an episode maybe about a month and a half ago, where we talked about 
boundaries and stuff. And we talked about it within relationships and without relationships afterwards. And that's where all that referencing comes from. If you wanted to hear more about that, that's on the Kelsey Lane episode, which I love. Go ahead, check that out. This is Justin Foster. Justin and I met working at Flappers many years ago, um, like eight, nine years ago. He was the bartender. I was the door guy. And every conversation with him was great. Very happy to have him. Thank you, Justin, for doing this. Check him out at Justin Foster on everything. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. I used to listen to his podcast, Foster the Podcast. Hopefully he'll have another one coming out because I know he loved it, but I know it also is hectic to do it while also touring as much as he tours. He also can record a special this next year. There's a lot to look forward to. If you're listening to this and it's been a year, check and see if Justin Foster's special is out. That'd be fun. Um, Also, I should just say this little story. I think what I try to do on stage is what Justin does successfully on stage. And I do an all right job at it, but like I did a show with him a couple months ago at a pizza place where I tried to like kind of get the audience to like connect. And I kind of got a little bit of connection. And then Justin was like two comics later and he got a full connection. And it was like, it was great. It was just, it felt like 80% was just completely off the cuff and he was just going and everyone was thrilled and happy. In a pizza place where people really felt like, I'm just trying to eat and just get out of here. He really made it feel like, oh, cool, my friend's here and he's being hilarious. To like, I mean, it is my friend and he's being hilarious, but even to everyone else in the place. It really felt like he connected. And so if you do get a chance to see Justin Foster in your town, go check him out. He connects. He's funny. It's the best. So that's him. Next week, I have a unique episode coming with Ed Rosgen. And I don't want to give it away, but I did something a little special to make this one a little weird. And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm even being regretful saying this now because Ed might be listening. So if you're listening and you're Ed, it's not a little weird. If you're, uh, it's totally normal. But if you're not Ed, it's a little weird. Guys, I'm at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. Happy New Year. It's a new year. Um, by the time this comes out, my birthday will be coming out like later that week. We'll be coming out. My birthday will be coming out. That's how I talk now. Um, I'll be turning 40. I'm turning 40 on January 12th, and I'm really excited to be turning 40. 40's been an age I've been kind of looking forward to, not as much as 30. I hated my 20s, so I was really looking forward to 30. I'm going to be sad to see my 30s go, because uh, the next milestone after this is 50. Oh, that's, this is weird. The weird part about turning 40 right now, for me, is this is an age I remember my parents turning. I don't remember my parents turned 30, although I know they had us in their 20s. But I do remember both my parents when they turned 40, you know, and I definitely remember when they turned 50 and it was like, by the time they were 50, I was an adult, you know? So it was just like, oh man, like just looking at those comparisons, I know it's very separate times and very separate lives, but it is weird to think back and be like, man, when I was 40 or when my mom was 40, I mean, I was graduating high school, you know, like when my dad was 40, I was in high school, I think. And so it was just like, oh. You know, they had three kids, four kids. Sorry, I uh, I forgot I count in the, the head count. <laughs> they had four kids. That's, that's more than I've even been able to have guitars. You know, like they had a house and a car and it was just like all those things. Like that adds up and you think about it when you turn 40. Like you could, you're not supposed to compare, but I'm comparing. Although at the same time, I wouldn't change my life by any stretch and I don't think they changed theirs by any stretch. So it's like, oh, that's, it's interesting to compare, although there's nothing 
so direct to compare it to. It's not like sports athletes, like, when they were this many games in, they had this many points scored, because that's not how life works. It's not a point system. But, I don't know, turning 40 is pretty cool for that. It, uh... I don't know, for some reason it feels like I need to make this year a little bit more than the others. So, January 12th is my birthday. I'll be turning 40. I'm excited for that to happen. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys for like being there with me every step of the way, or as many steps of the way as you can be. When people tell me to listen to this, it's always like, I haven't listened to all of them. You're like, what psychopath is listening to all of them? Which, by the way, if you're the psychopath listening to all of them, thank you. Um, you're the best. But, I mean, that's not an expectation. It'd be crazy for me to just assume that everyone's out there listening to all of them. <laughs> like, even if you're Joe Rogan or Mark Marin, you know, like, the, the most downloaded, it'd be crazy for someone to be like, oh, you listen to uh, the podcast? You listen to all of them? It's like, that's just not an expectation. It's just not. Um, but, uh, of course, thank you guys. Thank you for... Ringing in the new year with me for you're gonna ring in 40 with me. If you guys want to make my 40th a little extra special, my Venmo is at Aaron M Marsh. You know, like it's gonna be a this week. This year's weird. I don't know what this year's gonna be at all. I said that last week, but I really don't. There's every this is the first time I can remember in a long time where I'm entering a new year without a, a steady job, and like. So far, the last six months without a steady job has been fine, but it's also like there's the new year, so you're like, all right, cool, what's the year going to be like? You're like, I don't know, at the whim of the sea, I guess. You know, <laughs> it just feels like I'm out there on the ocean without a map. And that's very fun and exciting and scary. Uh, and, of course, you guys will hear more about it as this all goes on. So thank you, always. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. I should have said that before the other thing. Man, I make the rules. Mm-hmm.